And Naka. Thanks, Trudy. We're back. Yeah, we're back. It's been a couple of weeks. It's number eight, mate. Number eight. Lucky number eight. Number eight's lucky in China. <laughs> well, we are massive in China. I'm sure there's a lot of people tuning in all the way from behind the Chinese flag. That's right. We're in, um, a lot of big fans in China, like Wang Wiccan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a big listener of the show. A world-famous <laughs> table tennis player. <laughs> yeah, Wang loves us, I'd say. And uh, the other gymnast, I forget his name, but... Um, oh, Weedo Ping, I think, was it? Yeah, no, he had the big package there. He did too. The gymnast. That's right, yeah. But anyway, if you're listening anywhere other than China, we welcome you to the show as well for episode number eight. Um been a couple of weeks since we recorded our last show. It has. We were very tired after a uh, our last Spitfiles interview, weren't we? Yeah, that's right. We had Liam Simmons on. Um, yep. So uh, for those of you who had a listen, uh, Liam is uh, a associate head coach or assistant coach of um, <clears throat> the SBU, the Southwest Baptist University Bearcats in Bolivar, Missouri. Um, Simo was good enough to join us and run us through his life as a coach in the NCAA system and uh, his thoughts also uh, on his younger brother, Ben Simmons, um, who now plays in the NBA and dead set favourite for Rookie of the Year, right? Well, he's got a bit of a fight on his hand. He knocked up his ninth triple-double yesterday uh, in a win over the Hornets. Yeah. So he's um, firmly entrenched as the number two rookie of all time. Yep. And the second most amount of triple-doubles in a season by a rookie. Behind Oscar Robertson, who will be pretty hard to catch, I'd say. Yeah, uh, but over in Utah, there's a young bloke that plays on Joe Ingles' team. Uh, it's, it's by and far Joe Ingles' team, but the rookie, Donovan Mitchell, is certainly making a push. And the Jazz, uh, the number one rated defensive team in the NBA. Yep. And they'll be a headache for any team they face heading into the playoffs. Where Will, will they finish in the playoffs, the Jazz? Yeah, they will probably finish between six and eight. Yep. So um, for those top three seeds... Uh, be a bit of a tough <clears throat> matchup. But, yeah, that um, will be. Going to the uh, Utah's arena, it's probably at elevation and mm. not the nicest place to play, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you could attribute a lot of Utah's success to their big French centre, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Um, Rudy get it. Or the rookie Donovan Mitchell, but, I mean, you have to say right. that by, you know, it's, it, this is Joe Ingles. This is, Slow-mo uh, Joe. Smoking Joe. He's yeah, just hitting he's that three. It. And isn't Utah the home of like slow white guys in terms of a team? Like, yeah, the Mormon community in Utah would just embrace Joe and his family. Yeah, they would love it. I wouldn't so, be surprised if he comes back at least part Mormon. Part Mormon, yeah. yeah. I, is Mormon seems like an all-in sort of bet, right? I don't know that you can go half-assed into Mormonism. No, I, I, I'm not sure. Well, the people that knock on my door seem to be all in. His right? wife might have something to say about it. Yeah, um, she may too. Yeah. Fair enough. Quality netballer, she was too. But I believe, is Mormon one of the religions where you can take multiple wives? That's right. Well, if they all look like his wife, I'd probably take multiple (laughs) ones too, wouldn't you? Yeah, anyway. So we digress though. Anyway, episode eight, welcome back for anyone who's joining us again for the eighth time. Yeah. Now, um, tomorrow night, the AFL 2018 season kicks off. Yep. And we have our preview coming up. So we're going to tell you... As a couple of casual AFL fans at best. Yes, definitely. Now, casual, I mean, not in terms of our love for the game. We really are very, very passionate about the game. We like it. 
but we are not as knowledgeable on AFL as what uh, we are on other sports. No. Um, no we, we had a, um, our AFL correspondent slash expert lined up <laughs> to join the show this evening, but um, he was a late scratching, so we're, we're, we're having to wing it by ourselves. Yeah, and I don't know that he's... He, even he wouldn't be declared, declared an expert. He might be in our circles, but, I no. mean, you know, not having grown up in the southern states, uh, I think... AFL is a is a second sport to us because of rugby league, but it's certainly attracted our interest over the last probably ten years or so because of its growth in popularity and, and the fact that a couple, of, a couple of our mates played and yeah. we could see what it looks like live and, and we love going down to Melbourne to watch it, right? That's right. Yeah. I mean, our correspondent probably um, by and large has the the most knowledge of the AFL um, of all our circle of friends. Yeah. And I know that firsthand just because I see all the, the comments that he posts in the certain <laughs> Facebook groups pop up. Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah. He's, a, he's a big LA Crows fan. and He is, yeah. Um, he is big. He's in the coach's right. ear every Physically weekend. Physically big, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but anyway, we, we're going to have to plug on without it. But, yeah, that's uh, okay. We'll get there. We've, uh, we've combined now, our collective knowledge. But, but we'll, what we've done is we've actually replaced that correspondent with, with, a, with something from our past that's very big. Yep. which is a random pack of footy cards that you found at the service station. Exactly, on here, right? yeah. On the way here, I dropped in to grab us a Magnum. And it's a pre-game ritual now. Yeah, um, yeah. And I figured, uh, why not kick off the AFL crystal ball? I love it. With, footy uh, cards. With some players to watch. We will touch on that uh, soon when we do the preview. We just want to recap on a couple of things before we get there. Um, first of which is the NRL, which is two weeks in. Yep. Two and, weeks old. Yep. And there's been a couple of big surprises, Trudy. Exactly, yeah. The season, as it always is, every year, the first sort of four to, four to seven rounds, um, it's very difficult to, to gauge form and, and, and pick winners. Yep. But sitting uh, atop the ladder, undefeated, are probably three teams which we'd pegged to finish the season down the bottom. Uh, the West Tigers having beaten the Storm and the Roosters. Very, very surprising. Um, yeah, they've been quite a surprise this year, the Tigers, haven't they? Yeah, they've aimed up in defence, holding the Storm and the and uh, the Roosters both to eight points. Yeah. Um, and they've only yeah, their attack has been uh, not that great, only scoring 10 each game. But if you score more points than the other team... Then you win games, a right? A win's a win. That's right. Um, as long as that uh, the plus-minus is in your favour come the season's end, you've got the points on the board. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, two wins from two starts is a pretty good way to uh, to get some momentum going. Yeah, same goes for the Warriors. I, they, they had a big win over in uh, Perth in week one, and the Warriors they cost me money. I backed, I bet against them last week. I I thought they were going to get rolled by the Titans after coming back from Perth. So, yeah. but anyway, yeah, yeah, and then last but not least. The Newcastle Knights. Yeah, see, that stings. You had yeah. to bring that up, didn't you? A lot of Serpicon us uh, eating our words and swallowing our pride on this one. but So as two blokes who live in Newcastle and who don't support the Newcastle Knights, we've suffered through, I reckon, probably 20 years of just absolute bullshit from Knights fans yeah. about their team. And the last three years for us have been absolutely <clears throat> glorious. It's been probably the greatest three years I've spent here. Three wooden spoons for the Knights, one yep. premiership for the Sharks. Does it get any better? No, well... Well, for me, anyway. Is there any other way that you can fit the Sharks into an NRL conversation? No. Given they haven't won a game yet? No, we've been pretty so. average, but we'll touch on that shortly as well. Yeah, but what do you got, the, what you got this week? you got the Eels. Yeah, Parramatta. Parramatta, also strugglers, um, coming off a massive 54 blot. Are, they, are the Eels the biggest disappointment? I, I picked them 
as wooden spooners. I, I probably didn't think it would be this bad. 54-0 last week. Yeah, a lot of the experts have had power in their top four and premiership contenders. And, you know, we're only round two, but to, to throw out a performance uh, like that and get rolled 54-0. Now, admittedly, it was 40-plus degrees down in Sydney, but, you know, on the day, it's still no excuse. Oh. Uh, the game was over after 10 minutes when Manly were up 18-0. But most of those guys live in Parramatta. I mean, it's hotter out in the suburbs. Yeah, so exactly. they probably should be used to it. Yeah. So, and both teams had to play under those conditions. I always get worried when a team gets beat by 50 any stage of the year. But if you get beat by 50 in the second week of the year, like you don't even have that many injuries or depth problems, do you really? Like you've had a whole off season. No, I think Brad Arthur, the coach, came out. 54-0. He came out early this week uh, in the media and just said that you know his team didn't really aim, uh, aim up. Well, no was... shit, Brad. You got beat 54 nil. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, but yeah. I, I guess positive for Parramatta fans is you can't get any lower. Um, Cronulla certainly. We're not going to beat them 55 nil this week. And it was 54 nil against the Sea Eagles. That's right. It wasn't. I don't know, like the Tigers. So it, it definitely worries me. Um, Cronulla coming up up against them this week. Yeah. Um. You know, teams do have a habit of bouncing back, so... It's, yeah, that's true, they do, right? They, they so, could quite easily put 30 on us and... Yeah, yeah. they could, and, and they still do have the talent. So so the names are there on paper, but it is probably putting it together. That's probably what Brad meant, Yeah, that we just didn't put it together. That's also probably a no-shit moment. And I mean, he also hinted that they came into the season maybe believing a little bit of their own hype as well, and oh, um, well. came into the game thinking they had Manly beat, who yeah. potentially aren't sort of favoured uh, no. as a top-eight side. No, and that probably is the case, and that's probably why I picked them to finish last was mainly because of the fact that I thought they had ego that didn't match their talent. But, I mean, you know, it'll be interesting. I've strategically not mentioned the Bulldogs in our woeful start because I don't <laughs> think it's going to get any better for us either. So so for those of you who don't know, I'm a massive Bulldogs fan, um, tragic Bulldogs fan, uh, as most of us are, unfortunately. Um, but uh, it's not looking like a great year for us in the blue and white either. No, no, so... Power Sharkies and Bulldogs. Unfortunately for us two, our teams haven't tracked so well in week one. No, and, and probably, actually, you know what the biggest... I take it all back. You know what the biggest disappointment for me this whole year was? What's Aaron Woods' hairdo in, you, in oh. round one of the competition. I think he's better with his long hair instead of that silly haircut he's got. Well, I've always called him Sharon Woods, but he certainly looked like it in round one, didn't he? He looked... It didn't look good, Aaron. That was not great. Someone's gone at him with a razor. Yep. Shaved yeah. it all off. Yeah, that's right. A, a balding man with long hair is not... It's not pretty. Was it for the uh, recent shave for a cure? Uh, <laughs> was it anything to do with that? Uh, I think it was shaved to not look like a dickhead again. Yeah, was probably enough. the charity that he was looking at. So, But anyway, good on you, Aaron. I hope you keep... In our um, cash and not doing anything for it. In our in our old preview a couple of weeks ago, one of my uh, surprises for the season or a player to watch was Caelan Ponga. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle Knight, new recruit. Yeah. He's been he did say that too. super impressive. He has um, been. So he won him the game. They say last week. Right? He was very very good. He yeah running the ball, kicking. He's a, he's a definite talent. And the Knights, you know, a bit of criticism last year. They may have paid overs for him, but. I think right now their front office would be pretty pleased. They would be. They'd be very him. pleased with him. And I. So the local media here has been reporting that also the nightlife around town has been very pleased with the Knights' new recruits because they've been visiting and causing some trouble. Oh, that's good. Uh, and um, Phil Gardner, the CEO of Wests, was quoted in the paper 
as saying, well, I'm not sure who they think I am, but I'm certainly fairly well connected in the licensed establishment um, area of the town. So before they even get home, I know when they've been playing up. Yeah. And so it was quite ironic, actually, because it kind of made me flash back to the days when we were visiting nightlife establishments around Newcastle to drink ice waters. And we used yeah. to, you know, run into trouble with some of the Knights players back then. Yeah. Because so, they were pretty wild <laughs> as well. And we were shrinking choir boys. A couple of incidences which we may divulge down the track. Yeah, we'll tell a couple of good stories. But certainly I think the Knights boys sound like they're enjoying their recent success and getting out and celebrating it, which is uh, good for them, but probably not so great in a small town like this. So. Yeah, and the uh, Knights play the Roosters this week, which looks like a bit of a juicy game. Yeah, so that should be pretty... Is, um, are the Roosters a disappointment at this stage of the year? Because they came in with a lot of fire and, you know, like... I don't know that Cooper Cronk seems like he's kind of delivered the wins that they probably would hope he had. Yeah, I mean, I probably think the Tigers caught him by surprise uh, yeah. and probably, you know, would have gone into that game knowing they're underdogs and probably put in, you know, more of a you know an effort than what they should have. Yeah. Uh, well, not not what they should have. They they played better than, than what a lot of people expected. Yeah. Uh, and probably caught the Roosters a bit off guard. And fair to say the Roosters may have uh, underestimated them in week mm. one. Um, but no, I, I wouldn't be too concerned about uh, the Roosters at this point. Uh, are they a team? Are they a team a little bit like Parramatta, where their ego just probably probably got the better of them in the first couple of weeks I mean they didn't get beat 54-0 of course yeah probably but getting beat 10-8 by the Tigers is probably about the same but I do think that they have enough heads on them um, to you know pull them into gear and you know they may well go on a 6-1 and one run after seven yeah. rounds yeah I, if I was a Roosters fan I wouldn't be panicking just yet but uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see that looks like a pretty juicy game on Sunday um, yeah Roosters Knights yeah Mitchell Pearce going against them and yeah. you know, hopefully there's a bit of a fisticuffs a few other ex-Roosters with oh, the Knights now do you want Mitchell Pearce to put one on Cooper Cronk's chin oh that would be the best oh maybe not put it on chin just want to maybe shoulder charge or a big tackle or you know do something. you think there's any animosity between the two Cooper kept saying oh he would have liked Mitchell Pearce to stay at the club do you think that's just a load of shit like, do you think, oh, yeah, I really like him to oh, stay? I'm sure Cooper like, probably would whatever. have said, yeah, yeah, Cooper. I would have liked him to stay, but only if I'm the starting halfback. Yep, yep. Um, and only if only if he changes his name to Billy Slater. Yeah, Mitchell Pierce's club form has shown over the years that he's definitely good enough to be a starting halfback. In the NRL. In, in the NRL. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe the change is good for him. Um but yeah, where does he live? Does it like have you seen him around town? Probably Merriweather. You know, probably. Um, yeah. I'd probably um, yeah. These guys are competitive, and uh, you know Pierce will have a point to prove, and I've got no doubt he'll come out and with all guns blazing trying to have a big one. Well, yeah. Well, is that down in Sydney or is that here? At... That's in Sydney. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, nice. I'll have to watch Sean Kenny Dow. Yeah. Maybe he'll go back out on the coke. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. I feel a bit dirty talking about the Knights this much. I know, yeah. We should probably get off the Knights. Yeah, well... Uh, Let's recap. So, okay, so so the other thing to recap is my favourite sporting event of the year, the NCAA basketball tournament. Yes. So that kicked off last weekend. March Madness is here. got through the first two rounds. We've been yeah. running our own little bracket challenge on the ESPN website. Now, a couple of things that happened in this tournament. So 
For those of you who don't know, this is the men's Division One basketball tournament to end all tournaments each year. So the top 68 teams um, play off in a one-and-done format. So you lose a game and you go home. Um, and uh, teams are seated. Uh, when you get to the main draw of 64 teams after four playing games, you teams are seated from one through to 16. And probably the biggest event that we saw in, in, in this, or sorry, the biggest kind of um, occurrence in this in this tournament last weekend was a 16 seed defeating a number one seed. Mm. Now, never that, happened. No, it has never happened in the history of the tournament. So there's the, a 134 um, games of yep. a one versus 16 prior to this. 30 something years of it, of it not actually. And the happened. number one seed had won all 134 games yep. until the University of Virginia lost to the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, the wow. Retrievers. So. And you've got to put this in context, Streety, too, because so there are four number one seeds in the tournament because there are four different regions. Now, Virginia were the overall number one seed. Yep. So they were the team that was ranked number one in the whole country at the end of the year. And the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, were nowhere near that. Yeah. This was a team that even if you watched the game the physical size difference between the Virginia players and the Retrievers was, it looked like the Sandlot kids playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. It was, it was significant. So for, for those non-basketball fans, um, to put this into context, the equivalent would be something like Chelsea or Arsenal in the Premier League playing an FA Cup match against a, a, a conference league team yep. um, and getting rolled. Yeah. Yeah, three um, nil, and and wasn't even so so typically upsets that happen, and and the and the March Madness tournament, the NCAA tournament, is known for its upsets. I mean, it's the the, the term the Cinderella um, is quite prominent within the tournament. Everyone loves to see a Cinderella team come through and 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 make the final four and all those kind of things. Usually, that happens on a close game, a last second buzzer beater, or something along those lines. This game wasn't close. The Retrievers won by 20 here. Virginia totally dropped the ball and completely shat themselves and looked completely lost. This could have been... I think this could have been the biggest sporting upset I've ever seen. I think, anyway, in terms of skill difference and and expectations of, of this Virginia team versus a team that nobody expected anything out of other than to probably get beat by 40. Mm. But it just didn't happen. It was amazing. Oh, I was very excited. Yeah, well, it's, uh, there were some other other great games over the weekend. I probably saw three or four buzzer-beating, game-winning yeah. shots just off some lots. crazy plays. Um, it's been a year for that. Like, There's been a lot of tight games and a lot of games where absolute heartbreakers, where teams look for all money like they're going to win. Yeah. A lot of comebacks. A lot of teams down yeah. by 22 points. Yeah. Well, there was a game Sunday. Michigan played against, I can't remember who it was, but um, one of the guys from the team that ended up losing, had they were up by two, yep. and they had about six seconds left or less, mm. and he was fouled, and he went to the foul line, and he missed both foul shots. So oh, all he had to do was hit one, yep. and the game's effectively over. Yep. Um, so they called, uh, no, they didn't even, I don't, don't even think they called timeout. They inbounded it from the baseline. Mm-hmm. It was a horrible baseball pass. 
bit of a broken down play and a guy just caught it and jacked it up a bit of a prayer went in game over um, and uh, like that happened across four or five games right yeah yeah, it was crazy. It was so, like Michigan yeah. versus Houston. Yeah, so Houston. Yeah, look, it's been a great tournament. I, I love the tournament because of, I love the tournament because of games like the the UMBC Virginia game because on any given day you only have to beat that team once, so you've only got to play out of your skin once. Um, I love it because of the fact that it's one and done. You get one chance. Yeah. Um, and it's very exciting. So the Sweet 16 is coming up this weekend. It starts on Friday, for those who are interested. Um, probably pretty early Friday. I'd say probably around 3 a.m. Um, usually with the time difference. And games will probably run through till about halfway through the day um, or there a bit after. Yeah, I mean. what, what, do you, what do you reckon, Stridi? Who's going to win the NCAA from here? With all these upsets and all these buzzer beaters, who's your pick from here, mate? Well, from here, I mean, my uh, bracket selections um, probably, I don't know, you, if, if you kind of went with the more um, favoured teams, yeah, um, you'd probably have to go with Villanova. Um, sure. But, well, they're still, I picked them to win it originally. Yeah. But the then, way it's shaking out, you probably wouldn't be at all surprised if, yeah, you know, a team like Michigan came out of nowhere, or um, you know Gonzaga. Yeah, got a well, lot of them just just because of their name. They made the final last year, but they're they're a good side. Know, Mark side. Fuse, Gonzaga Bulldogs. They they come from a reasonably weak conference <clears throat> compared to some of the other big power conferences, but they they have been all the way to the final four. And last year, as you said, they made the final. Yeah, they have. You know, they know how to get there. Um, I think you might be right. If I had to pick the bracket again, and if I had to, to say I think this team's going to win, I, I'd probably go with Kentucky at this stage, the way they're playing. Mm. Um, but they're a team of freshmen. They've really locked in defensively, which is what they had to do. I'm a Duke fan, so that's going to kill me to say that, but I'm trying to be realistic here in the sense of I think Duke are probably one game away from being eliminated. Well, well you're probably one game away from Grayson Allen tripping someone, punching someone, doing yeah, something dirty. He, that kid is troubled. I, I've tried to defend him over the four years that he's been at Duke because I thought he was a fantastic player. But he does have some issues with cheap shots what and dirty plays. What do you think's up plays. with that? I don't know. If you follow him on, on Instagram, he's very religious. So, he, and, he's, and he comes across as a bit of a choir boy type person but then he goes out there on the court and he trips a player and mm. ch- like hip checks a player into the ground and you can give someone a pass for <coughs> once or maybe twice but he's probably done it five to six times at the yeah. see and it's just all very blatant like he's and that's where i say i tried to defend him originally but when it keeps happening it's less an accident and more blatant stupidity or blatant uh, maybe maybe it's a like controlled aggression look at he's a kid Grayson Allen surprised everyone staying at Duke for four years. After his first year where he, his freshman year where he basically not led Duke to the national championship, but certainly made a big name for himself in the tournament run that we had um, that year, he could have cashed in. He was a lottery pick for the NBA and surprised a lot of people by coming back for his second year, his sophomore year. Um, and as probably that included the the coaching staff of Duke, I know that they were expecting him to leave for sure. Uh, but he loved it there. I 
but this after that this type of play where he trips some some person. So if you, so if you don't know who Grayson Allen is, he's basically the starting point guard for Duke University. Um, he's a senior and he's pretty well known more so for the fact that he's been involved in five or six incidents, as Street he said, of just blatant cheap shots on the basketball court where he's tripped players. Not um, Barry Hall level from the AFL, as in punching people, but just doing stupid That's right. Trips and kicks and Yeah. Just yeah. dumb stuff where the player is actually running past him or away from him or whatever and he just kinda Dirty. Just dirty stuff. Yeah, that's right. There's probably no other way to describe it. And, it, shots. and sometimes I, I think players are a victim of people looking for that, like if people think. But actually, there's been so many incidents with Grace and Allen, I think, you know, if the label sticks, you've probably got to wear it a little bit. But yeah. Yeah, he seems very troubled. I don't know why you would do that. But it, but anyway, I, I don't think Duke are going to win, and I, I probably would repick my bracket to probably maybe see a, someone from a little bit outside the, the top, top kind of four teams. But look, Villanova again have been there if they make the final four again this will be you know a crazy amount of final fours um in recent years they've they've certainly been around there and they've they've done enough before to win the championship so they know how to do it you know jay Wright yeah. coaches a good team so there's some pretty cool nicknames out there in college basketball we got the uh texas tech the red raiders that's a pretty good one like seen it all the There's, Purdue, the Boilermakers. The Boilermakers is yeah, good. Yeah. Like so if you're a tradie, you probably want to get on the Boilermakers. Back the Boilermakers for sure. Yeah, the Mountaineers. Yeah, West Virginia. Yep. Yeah. Wildcats, yeah. They're oh, there's a lot of Wildcats. There. There's the Kentucky Wildcats. There's the Villanova the Wildcats. Orange Men. Syracuse. I hate Syracuse. I can't stand them. I, there's there's a lot of Bulldogs teams like in, in, the, in college basketball. Um, a Seminole. Seminole, the exact the Xavier Musketeers, they got beat last round. Yeah, yeah. There's a few of those. Like we said earlier, the you know Miami Hurricanes, I think, is always a good one. I like the Hurricanes. Yeah, I don't mind the Retrievers. Yeah, well, UMBC Golden Retrievers, retrievers the, the retrievers. dogs. And it was a quite a cute little dog logo on there too. Yeah, who so. let the dogs out? So yeah, so the final four. Uh, it's like I said, it's my favourite sporting event, and I'll be up early on Friday to watch the rest of it. I, I can't wait to see it. It's going to be amazing. So. And I do hope Duke win through, but, you know, come on Kentucky or come on Villanova. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> if you saw our post during the week, um, we invited a range of participants and had an open invite to the Sports and Spit Tournament Challenge. And we got about 20-odd uh, entrants in that. We do. And uh, at the top of the leaderboard, very surprising. <laughs> um, this, this was really, really sort of a bit out of the blue. But Paul Gallen from the Sharks. Paul Gallen from the Sharks. He's put now, in a. Uh, <laughs> he's put in an entry, and he's actually leading the thing. He's picked the most winners. Now, if you've been with us since episode one, you will remember very early we did promise you that there would be very little truth in what we would tell you. So, Paul Gallen may not may or may not be behind this bracket, but but he's but either way, Paul might want to claim it because it's going pretty well this bracket, isn't it? It is. So. Um, he is he's ranked six hundred and fifty five thousand. Yeah, which uh, is which you got to put in context. There's click on the rank and and have a look. I think that, that should tell. Or maybe it won't tell you, or, or maybe go to the information. Look, either way, there's I think there's somewhere in the vicinity of about fifteen million brackets, uh, and that's you know that that give or take a couple of million. But 
there's there is above ten million brackets submitted for for this challenge. Yeah. So to be in this like that that high up, that's pretty good. Oh, there wouldn't be too many people that would pick more games than Paul, Paul Gallen. Paul Gallen, captain of the Sharks, premiership winning captain, state of origin captain, but also... A hero of sports and spit. Looks to be a pretty hardcore college basketball fan. He, so He looks like it too. Good on you, Gal. You've done well so far. Maybe oh. uh, you can go on and win the whole thing. So... Um, He's yeah. probably using performance-enhancing drugs again like he yeah. did in the premiership year. Gal has actually picked... Michigan as the champs to topple West Virginia in the final. The Wolverines over the Mountaineers, eh? Yeah. Well, it'll be very interesting. I, you got to like, who do you think is going to take it out? Definitely three. Michigan, you reckon? Is that? Well, I'm probably going to ride the. Uh, I'm going to say Kentucky. Got to ride the, the the gallon train, but if he doesn't, I reckon maybe. Oh, geez, it's a tough one, but you know you've always got your big schools there tend to come in the end. But uh, I'd say probably Kansas as one of the, the more recognisable teams. Or I've got to go with the tradies pick here, the Purdue Boilermakers. Boilermakers, well, I probably would agree with that, except for the fact that they lost their starting centre, Isaac Haas, I think, uh, to a broken elbow. Oh. Now, the story there is is quite interesting. So Purdue, the university, is actually world-renowned for the quality of its engineering program. Yep. And so the... so. So the, the basketball team from the university has gone back to campus this week. Um, Isaac Haas, their starting centre, has a broken elbow uh, from a collision during their game. Now, he actually ha- wore a brace in the warm-up for round two, but that brace wasn't approved by the NCAA, and so he wasn't allowed to play. Huh. Now, so the engineering department of Purdue University have taken it upon themselves to put out a challenge to all of its students to try and design him an NCAA-approved brace <laughs> so that he can play in their next game. Wow. Now, um, I think the coach of, of, the, of, the, of the team uh, is not as keen because he's obviously concerned about the welfare of his player. Um, but I think there's a race against time for every university student. So the engineering students at Purdue probably have come out of the keg, keg parties they probably have. Uh, because that's what engineers used to do at university when I was there, at least. Um, and uh, and they've decided to go to the drawing board and probably um, go to their textbooks and figure out a way to uh, to try and design him a brace so he can play in well, the game. All they need, need to do is watch a replay of the 1989 or 1990 uh, Winfield Cup New South Wales <laughs> Rugby League Grand Final. Mal Meninga's arm, yeah. arm brace. Mal Meninga, he had a broken arm. Which was basically a bit of concrete, which he used to basically yep, so palm he, his he way a, across the... He had a the, broken the, forearm and he put something hard in the middle and just wrapped it with tape and, and padding. <laughs> I think that was, was probably back in the day where the governing bodies of the sport did less inspecting of those type of uh, medical braces. It's always funny to see Meninga with a broken arm leading with his with broken his, arm into tackles well, and never came out. Basically was a piece best. of concrete. On the end of his forearm, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, it's used to just bomby knock people out of the way. And push, here I come. Yeah. So, so that's March Madness. We'll um, obviously we'll recap on the, the Elite Eight yep. Final Four uh, as they come to hand. Yeah, definitely. Um, another big sporting event in Australia starting in a couple of weeks is the Commonwealth Games. Oh, yeah, the Com Games on the Gold Coast. Yes. A couple of weeks away. The Glitter Eddie, Strip. The Glitter Strip. Yeah, look out. What's the uh, name of the strip club I used to go to up there? Uh, I don't know. Well, probably all of them, I'd say. I don't say. know. I mean, if I was on the Gold Coast, I'd be spending most of my time at the, the casino there. The casino? Yeah, I was there a couple of weeks ago. I had a big win on Pontoon at 5.30 in the morning. Really? Yeah, it was quite yeah, good. Yeah, right. Go straight here. Yeah, oh, good well. times. Good yeah. times. 
We're old. We're old family men now. Though we'd probably spend it down at Broad Beach or something, getting ice creams and yeah, you know, walking on the beach. So not like the good old days. Oh, when the kids are asleep, mate, so we can head out. Oh yeah, straight down the casino. Very good. So so you'll be you'll actually be up there somewhere on the golf. So okay, so the Commonwealth Games are in town now. I recently saw the reports. You just did in the last twenty four hours or so. The organisers of the Com Games, Peter Beattie, the I guess the chairman of the Com Games, so well known previously as the Queensland Premier, ex Queensland Premier, NRL chairman <clears throat> who knows jack shit. He does too. He so said, yeah, he so he's very involved in sports. Obviously, what he failed to consider, or what he and his organising committee failed to consider, was that if they overpriced the tickets and local hotel operators overpriced their rooms, that no one would actually go to the games. So. Just recently, they've started to come out and say, we dropped the price of some tickets, or we've still got lots of tickets available at least, uh, and and we know that hotel operators have been gouging prices, and they've now realised they're not going to get those prices, so they're dropping the cost of the rooms. So how does this happen, Streety? How is it that in today's day and age, so much work is put into organising a sporting event like this, but they get it so wrong for Australian families and Australian sports fans that they make it so expensive that no one decides to go and then two weeks out, they're begging you to go up north and, yeah. and, and, like, and, and come and watch the event. I think it's a case of everyone wanting their pound of flesh and the flow-ons from not only their tickets, but you've got to get there, you need somewhere to stay, you need something to eat, you've got to get there somehow. So if you don't drive, you've got to fly. Yeah. So all these... Uh, um, you know, companies yeah. and jump yeah. on board, jack their prices. But they found to realise is that the Commonwealth Games is not the Olympic Games. It just doesn't have that mystique. That's right. Um, about yeah, it. you're right. So you know, you, the, you can't charge premium prices for. No. You know, I'm not, I wouldn't say a second-rate event, but it doesn't have the prestige well, as. It's not as competitive as the Olympic Games because obviously no. not as many countries compete. No. <clears throat> therefore the competition is a little bit watered down compared to the Olympic standard I, I noticed that Peter Beattie said one of the things that they failed to consider was the power of Airbnb like places and so they can't get an idea from, from Airbnb whether those places are 10, at 10% capacity or whether they're at 100% capacity because they don't know and those prices those places can set their own prices that don't have to be visible or whatever Airbnb, that hasn't been around for five minutes. Mm. It's the Gold Coast. Every pensioner owns a, an apartment up there. They'd be stinging for some money. I tell you, of course I tell you this it would much. have been Airbnb. If I live in the Gold Coast and I knew this was coming, I would have had my house listed on Airbnb. But you wouldn't have jacked it. Well, you might have because you're like, like you're a bit of a tight ass and you like no. to make a dollar. <laughs> so but you might have jacked your price up. But... Eventually, you would see that. It's no different to the V8s spot. when they're here in Newcastle, you know, yeah. with all the, the people owning properties in town. Like, you just lease it out for the weekend and make a few grand. Yeah. And so, all of these tourism operators up on the Gold Coast now are going to have empty rooms because, well, now it may not be as bad as that, but usually you don't see the organising committee of an event come out two weeks before mm. and say, we're asking people to come to the event now yeah. because we've probably over, overpriced it. Yeah. So we've got the you've actually got the the available tickets up here on the web. That's right. Let's have a bit of a look at what what sort of like now I've got it on good authority. Peter Beattie is running his own Airbnb 
kind of scenario. So you could stay at Peter B's house if you'd like. Look that up on Airbnb, see if you can find it. So there's no tickets left for the opening ceremony. Now, no one really wants to go to that anyway, I don't think. Oh, I wouldn't. You could go to the closing ceremony. That closing ceremony is available. Yeah, that's true. Now, nothing left for the basketball finals on the Gold Coast. Badminton, surprisingly enough, looks to have an abundance of tickets. Surprisingly enough, track and field looks like you could get a ticket at almost well at, at any session. Yeah. But some of them are limited. Yeah. I expect the Malaysians to dominate the badminton. Oh, I thought you were about to say you expect the Malaysians to dominate the track and field. I thought that's a big call. Nah, they got some good cyclists, but uh, definitely the track and field. Why do you think Malaysia will dominate the badminton? What about... Oh, Most Asian know. countries are good at badminton. Uh, was that just casual racism or was that just straight out racism? No, I'm just telling a fact. Yeah, right. But Tell me one what, good so Australian badminton player that's not called Meow Meow. <laughs> Well, I don't know, but that doesn't necessarily mean that all Asians are good badminton players. What you do, go up to any Chinese guy you see and go, hop suede, you know, karate? <laughs> like, so, or, like, is that how you roll? Chances are he's a better badminton player than anyone who lives in my street. Right. Is this probably what African-American guys feel like when they go to the basketball court and people pick him to play basketball? <laughs> yeah. You must be good at basketball if you're African-American. Yep. Yeah, right. No, yeah. Right. Boxing's available. Boxing. Boxing available. Boxing seems like... Would you go and watch boxing? Boxing? Probably not. Yeah. I wouldn't mind it, but I do tend to kind of feel like I'm watching a horse race where the outcome's probably fixed. Squash? Squash. I can't believe... There's a lot of tickets available for squash. Squash was the big sport in the 80s. It was too. Yeah, how many squash courts do you see nowadays? There's not many, is there? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what surprises me is that you could get... You can't get tickets to the squash finals, or they're limited. No, they're limited. The yeah, thing I love about squash was just the noise off the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, I used to play a bit of squash back in the day. Do you think? Fun. So, if we bring this casual racism thing back up, so how do you think? Like, looks to me like there's not many tickets left at the table tennis. Is that because you know, like, the Gold Coast was meant to be Australia's like Asian hub? I don't know, but table tennis is a pretty good game to watch. Oh, it's pretty good, actually. Especially at an elite level, it's quite good. Maybe a lot of the Australians have seen a table tennis table and thinking, oh, this is beer pong. Yeah, they could could have too. Maybe they're going to watch some beer pong. There'd probably be a fair bit of beer pong being played, I would say. Yeah. I'd probably get involved in it. So So there you have it. So so the Commonwealth Games, there's a lot of tickets left. There's a lot of hotel rooms left. Um, So jump onto Airbnb, get onto booking.com. Yeah. Travago. Yeah, all those. Or go and see your local travel agent. I travel the junction. Yes. Go and check it out. Go and see Andy Minto. He will help you out in sorting out a trip to the Gold Coast for the Commonwealth Games. Yep. Yep. He's a good man. Andy invoices uh, in the mail for this uh, plug. <laughs> that just costs you 250 bucks, Minto. So we've just set our prices for our live no, reads. No issues for cash for comments here. That's exactly right. So... I would have really liked to go into the Gold to the to the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games. I'd like to have taken my family up there because it's a good it's a good trip and you get to see some good sport. And my I like my little boy's only three, so he probably wouldn't remember it too much. But but these are the sort of events that don't come around very often. I mean we yeah. hosted Australia last hosted the Commonwealth Games in two thousand and six, which is relatively soon. In Melbourne? Uh, yes, it was. And and so 
you know, like when you get these opportunities, you want to take advantage of them. But I, I'll be the first to put my hand up and say, I looked at the cost of these these events when they first came out, and I, I just said, oh, well, it's astronomical. It was going to be $6,000 or something wow. for us to go up there. Well, so. I'll be up in uh, the Sunshine Coast um, yeah. with my uh, family, and on the on the way back, um, if, if the opportunity's there, we might try and catch... Some badminton. Some badminton, or yeah, maybe with some the table tennis. Yeah. Um, or maybe some squash. You could go and see the road cycling. Yeah. After that's free. free You'd probably event. like that. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. I'd probably spend more on ice creams. You probably would too. Magnums. Yep. Yeah. Magnum. Official sponsor, Magnum. They could be a sponsor too. So yeah. Would you go yeah, so or the rugby sevens, oh that's all sold out, is it? Alright, so if you could go to any event, uh, if you had a free ticket to any single event. Oh yeah, at the Commonwealth Games, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, any like if like any particular event at the Commonwealth Games. Uh, I'm just trying to think of whether or not um, can't I, be can't be basketball. We, no, no, we, we can't. can't we, we live basketball. and breed basketball, yeah, so yeah, yeah. we'll exclude that from the from this. <clears throat> yeah, so I wouldn't pick basketball anyway. I'd like because is you saying bolt running for Jamaica? No. No, he's not. Okay, well, no. if he if he was in the Commonwealth Games, then it'd be a lot more interesting. I'd probably choose the field hockey, to be honest. I'd probably choose the field hockey finals because most of the world powerhouses in field hockey are in the Commonwealth. Yep. So uh, yeah, India, so you don't have... Do you have your Dutch? No, you don't have your Dutch. Um, or, not, or Germany. Country, so, but Or Argentina. India, yeah, but you're talking about the quality of the women's teams, like Argentina. Men are pretty good. No, they're not that good, are they? And all Spain in- are pretty good. Spain are pretty good. So you got Pakistan, India, Australia. Basically, all the all the New same Zealand's teams. New Zealand's pretty good. All the guys that don't make the cricket teams end up playing hockey. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, and so I'd probably go and watch that. What well, about you? Why do they have cricket in the Commonwealth Games? Well, they have had it previously. Have they? Yeah, they used, oh. they had it when it was in uh, I think it, when it was in uh, Malaysia, maybe in Kuala Lumpur. Mm, they could probably do like a uh, twenty twenty or ten over game or something. Oh, I don't. I, they played like a Super Sixes type scenario, I think. Oh, from memory, I can't really remember. I think I some sports watching. should stay to those major games. Golf and cricket being two. Well, two okay. There, there's a, a, a talking point for you. So Tokyo, the Summer Olympics in two years' time. Yeah. Uh, so they're bringing back some of the sports that actually previously uh, were removed from the game, so baseball and softball, they're coming back. It's only because Japan had and, a shot at winning a medal. Well, them. that's what I think too. So I, I guess there's a couple of calls that you get as the host country to say these sports should come back, um, and they probably use those on baseball and softball. Cause well, they what were our demonstration to. sports in Sydney? Ah, uh, demonstration sports in Sydney, that's a good BMX question. one of them? Cause that's I don't like know a, if we did. Did we do BMX in Sydney? BMX is legit sport now. It is. So, so it's one of the ones that's in there. So surfing and skateboarding are in the in the um, Summer Olympics in Tokyo. Hold on. You're going to surf in Japan? Yeah. So like at the coast where they had the nuclear attack? Well, Although no, the, the power plant failed? I don't know. I guess Jeez, you wouldn't have to worry what colour your metal is. Japan has pretty all, good surfers. They all glow. Surfing? Yeah. So there's surfing and surfing and, uh, and skateboarding. Do they have surfing at Rio? I don't think so. It would have made sense to have surfing at Rio. It probably would have, but I don't think it was there. I, the quality of the water in Rio wasn't great, yeah. I don't think. I could actually see surfing as a, a pretty good Olympic event, actually. There's enough, enough people worldwide and people from countries all around uh, do it. And the yeah. world, world Surfing Tour is um, 
you know, probably more popular than ever. And I think once every four years, if they rolled a uh, Olympic event into the uh, as a sort of a, a yeah, bonus, bonus event on the world tour, I think that'd yeah. get a lot of attention. I think those the the I think because they're trying to connect, obviously, with the younger generation, they want sports like surfing. I tell you, the sport that probably never in, like was golf. Golf yeah. doesn't belong at an Olympics. No, like. Those guys don't care about it, and they all all basically said so. And I think in the tennis, they they need to every four years they need to make the Olympic um, event in the tennis the fifth yeah. the fifth Grand Slam every four years. Yeah, just 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 to attract um, you know those big name players because I, I think tennis definitely has its place in Olympics. And if they had a fifth Grand Slam in the does Olympic it have year, its place in the Olympics because it's been there for so long? Because you're just used to seeing it. I think tennis is just a foundation sport of the world you know it's yeah. been around for a long time it's it'll continue to, to be around not modified too much tennis courts on every corner really of every yeah. community isn't there i suppose so i'm just trying to figure out exactly what sports were played at the summer games in 2000 i picking random sports like i'm that's a pretty interesting list of sports for a Commonwealth Games, isn't it? Like, yeah i mean if um, i had to choose one to go watch i'd probably watch the mountain biking would you? Yeah, I think that'd be a pretty cool, cool event. Was it like a downhill? Yeah, uh, that'd, that'd be pretty fun. I like, I do like the um, track cycling. Yep, all of that's pretty exciting. Like watching people fly around that yeah, track cycling, diving with a chance of dying. Gymnastics at every turn. all sold out. So all the big events are sold out. But I um, would you go and watch swimming? No, nah, it doesn't really. No, I don't think so. I watched swimming at the Athens Olympics. Did you? Um, over in, in, in Athens, in Greece. Yeah. Um, but it was the Paralympics. Yeah, okay. Um, and that was quite quite incredible, actually. Yeah. Um, pretty good experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I mean, obviously, if you, if you had a free ticket to see swimming, you'd see it. Yeah. i tell you what I do remember now. I, so, beach volleyball was one of the sports that was oh, yeah. just introduced in the Sydney 2000 Games, I think. I don't think it had been played in the Olympics Won the gold. Before. And I think mountain biking... Now that you mentioned that, was was the other one that kind of um, well, Cadell Evans um, started out as a mountain biker. Did um, he compete in the Sydney Olympics? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, as a mountain biker, and then he switched yeah. to road, which a lot of mountain bikers have made the transition to road, and some back. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, so there you have it. So upcoming in on starting on the fourth of April, the Commonwealth Games, Australia will win a bag of medals, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see so you'll be able to check it out and if you want to go and get tickets there's plenty available so um, go and check it out you if, might, you, if you want to be a rebel stay in an Airbnb yeah that's right yeah or at Peter Beattie's house thanks yeah. Pete dickhead alright well yeah. AFL preview AFL preview Aerial Ping it. Pong 2018 it's a great game isn't it they they I tell you, they've been very busy in the off-season, the AFL. Just, I'm, I'm loving their... Uh, the AFL Women's Grand Final's coming up this weekend. Is it? It is. Short season? Yeah. Western Bulldogs versus the Brisbane Lions, I believe. I'm loving their promo at the moment, AFL Never. Um, and it's, it's, oh, those stories they yeah, tell on the Yeah, yeah. I'm loving the stories um, with the Sudanese blokes that are playing Alir, Alir from Sydney. Yeah. And um, his name escapes me... Um, he plays for one of the Victorian clubs. Oh, Door, like Magic. Magic Door, yeah, yeah. yeah. From North Melbourne, um, does he play? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but uh, very, very inspiring, um, especially Alir Alir. There was a, more of an extended um, story on him on ESPN today uh, with that ad. Oh, was there? Uh, yeah, just talking about you know, his father died when he was seven. He was. He, he said he was a bit of a daddy's boy, 
always would gravitate toward his dad and his dad died in a car accident sedan oh. and then they came to Australia 2003 and he was a young boy and you know went into I think third grade he said um, couldn't speak English and he said the yeah. only way he could you know communicate really or get along with other kids was through sport okay um, and you know he, he it's had a universal a, language isn't it universal language and he he said it was unlikely that you know like of all the things he could have done Sport-wise, which you know, obviously basketball and soccer are probably the two biggest mm. sports that Sudanese uh, kids um, in Australia participate in. <clears throat> Definitely, well, and, and because do, they're and, sports, they already know from yeah, home, right? Yeah, and, and they do very well at it. We've got a lot of good um, Sudanese, we do Australian athletes uh, worldwide doing a lot of good things. Yeah, but uh, Ali Rilia took the unlikely path, um, became an AFL player. Yeah, um, and we spoke about this a little bit with Simo in the the Spitfiles episode around how well the AFL recruit and develop players. Mm. And they do that across a diverse range of cultures and backgrounds. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's we spoke about some of the American guys, the the Ruckman from Collingwood, Mason Cox, I think, or whatever his name is. Um, and just the ability of the AFL to to pick an athlete or like someone like Aaliyah Aaliyah who obviously has a great engine he's got a great wingspan he's obviously got an ability to kind of run jump run and jump and they teach him the game yeah i mean he's a defender at the moment and and you know but may very well develop into like some type of attacking or other positional player yeah for the swans as a you know like a half forward or something i don't know well, if you've got but, the physical tools yeah well that's right you, you know, can so, learn the skills um so yeah they can teach you the game they so they do that very well. And, and along with that comes these amazing stories of people from very diverse backgrounds that then play play in that game, which is one of the, the reasons I think it's so popular as well because they don't just rely on the fact that Australians, or so, you know, Anglo-Saxon Australians grew up with with uh, AFL and supporting a team. Well, they, they, they're constantly kind of attracting attention from new fans around people that they identify with. You yeah. Know? So... The Sudanese community in Australia now obviously have at least two, probably more, uh, people that they can follow in that and, and use as inspiration and role models for their children as well mm. um, because, you know, they, they obviously you know, identify more closely with them. So it's uh, that's one of the reasons I love the AFL and I look forward to it. And, and they also try a lot of new things. So the, so the AFL Women's League is a great example. Yep. They're probably nowhere near that. Don't get me wrong, they're, not, they're not, certainly not the first sport to have uh you know women in a national competition but they certainly did it fairly well when they did it you know like um and supported it well in terms of giving it giving the women um you know great tv coverage and 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 a clean avenue to to not compete against the men yep so they schedule that that tournament or that season to take place free of the actual AFL itself. Yeah. You know, so it's great. And then the, this AFLX or whatever that they tried, whether it works or whether it doesn't, they try, they're trying Did you watch things. AFLX? I didn't see any of it. No. Well, you saw some of it though. You said, what did you think? You, you were a bit confused by it, weren't you? Yeah, a little bit. I, I saw potential. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably how the AFL sees it. I'm not so sure. They, they know where it wants to go. But that's the beauty of what they do. They give it a crack and then they figure it out. Yeah, from there. yeah, so. it's, it's, it's yeah. It's kind of like I think they're trying to do what cricket did with the twenty twenty. 
Yeah, do you think it end up? But I kind of like the concept just on a lot of square or rectangular fields. I, I think yeah. it's probably a game that can be modified and adapted mm. um, a little bit. It's, it's very similar to the international rules okay. we play in the cross series with the Kent Islands. Island. So yeah, okay. Yeah. They play on rectangular fields. Yeah. So yeah. what about the, the, the men's AFL, the, the full caboodle starting this weekend, Strudy? What yeah, well, in the last couple of years, we've had a few surprises um, coming in as premiers. Definitely. 2016, we had the Western <coughs> Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, the Richmond Tigers, both unheralded teams. Teams, teams that hadn't won, or clubs that hadn't won a premiership yeah, for a long, flag. long time. Consistent underachievers and, you know, um, clubs who've gone through their relative struggles and mm. have left their fans disappointed time after time. Yep. Um, are we going to see another fairy tale in 2018? Maybe. Well... Okay, so what's the fairy tale? What it, like what would constitute a fairy tale now? I mean, the Tigers, that run through the finals last year was amazing. We've mentioned that once before, I think, in our first episode about I rated it as probably one of the moments of the yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, last Rich- year, but. Richmond finished the end of the season in third. Um, yeah. So they they had a you know obviously any time you finish in a top four, your should should rightfully be you know um, thought of as a contender. What was surprising about um, the Western Bulldogs run a couple of years ago is they finished seventh, barely scraped into the eight. They won yeah, on the road. Yeah, that's true. You forget that day that they basically just came from nowhere to win. Yeah, win so finish. you know they did 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 they fluke it because they definitely under, underachieved last year, finishing tenth and, and missing the finals. Um, yeah. But it's pardon me. It's a extremely hard thing to do in today's day and age in any football code mm. to go back to back yeah but I think um, at least making the finals you should be able to make the finals off the back of a premiership yeah that's true you, know, yeah, you wouldn't normally see someone going from a premier to and I'm not too privy as to the extent of the Western Bulldogs injuries but mm. um, last year but yeah they definitely weren't the same team and um, they maybe had a few dramas player wise and, and, and whatnot, but I would hope for, for Richmond's goal. Obviously, you know, everyone wants to win. That's a bit of an unwritten sort of uh, thing. But Richmond, in the back of their minds, would be thinking, well, we don't want to do what the Western Bulldogs did. Yeah. Um, you know, finals or bust, basically. So yeah. making the finals super high priority for Richmond. Yeah. Um, I think they'll be one of the leading teams again. Uh, they'll be right there in the mix towards the end. Dusty Martin. Will Dusty Martin have as good a year this year as what he did last year? He'll have a lot more pressure on him, a lot more eyes. The more it's hard, you know, hard to believe he would be even more under the spotlight. But that comes with the territory. Having winning a Brownlow. Well, he certainly premiership he converted a lot of that interest this year into some pretty good endorsements. Yeah. I've seen him roll around his undies a lot on the telly. Yeah. So. Um, you know, they were a good team to watch last year. And they were, weren't they? You know, they, I think uh, they they probably gained a lot of young fans. Yeah. Can he do it again? Yeah, I mean, as you said, it, it's hard for teams to be consistent and back up that form. Um, and It's very similar to, say, the NFL, where you know each year you have a team um, that wins. You know, um, where in years past in AFL, we've had Hawthorne, you know, winning, you know, four, you know, getting in four, four grand finals in a row, and yeah. Hawthorne, Sydney. So, yep. you know, perhaps we're looking at an era now where you know those three to four year runs of teams being dominant, making finals, 
becomes maybe you know two seasons at most and yeah you know maybe was, win have an off year then bounce back the year after yeah i was driving home from work today and i saw a uh, beat up old hyundai xl with a, a faded um hawthorne hawks premier sticker when they won was it the 13 14 and 15 times oh, yeah. and and so i kind of thought to myself I, I thought exactly what you just said which was it would it would be unlikely to see somebody reel off three straight premierships again yeah. in any sport. But look, it only happened three years ago. So yeah, you know, the I, last I, team to do that before that was uh, Brisbane in the early two thousands. That's right, too. Yeah, that was squad. Yeah, and I mean, look at Brisbane now. I mean, they are a shadow of their former selves yeah, as a franchise. Shit, shit house. They are shit house. So yeah, you wouldn't be a Lions fan. My wife's a Lions fan, by the way. Oh. Yeah. So I'm, I, like I said, when we're talking about good periods, I, I haven't had to really hear too much about the Lions in this house which has yeah. been good it's kind of like the Knights having a couple of shit years so well let's um, let's run through our AFL top 8 okay our um, Brownlow medalist yep our Wooden Spooners sure and um, we're going to look into our crystal ball and give you our 9 players to watch in 2018 yes our crystal ball <laughs> so let, let's start with your Wooden Spooner okay so uh, I think that uh the North Melbourne Kangaroos, the Shinboners, are going to finish dead last. Shinboners. Yep. I think uh, I think a couple of years ago, North Melbourne made a decision to try and rebuild their team uh, and with offloading a lot of guys that basically, um, you know, that they thought were at the end of their careers. Uh, now, I'm not necessarily saying I disagree with that as an approach, but I think they've got uh, a lot of uh, work to do now to rebuild that team. Yeah. Hmm. So. The blue and white. <clears throat> yeah, we'll see. That's me. So what about you, Strudy? Well, I've got the absolute waste of a franchise in AFL, the Gold Coast Suns. <laughs> you don't like the Gold Coast Suns? I don't, do like, I don't like any team that plays on the Gold Coast. Yeah, in, right. In any code, I just think... It's have just you ever a... been and watched a game on the Gold Coast? Of no. any sport? So neither have I. I actually went up there once with the intent to watch the Bulldogs. Yep. And I had tickets to the game. Can't get to the ground. I, that, that was I can honestly tell you, and this is no word of a lie. It, I, it took me so long to get out to the ground that actually we just went to the pub and had some dinner halfway there, yeah. and then watched the first half, and then turned around and went back to our hotel. Yeah, that round one in the NRL with the um, Gold Coast come from behind and beat the Raiders, which I'm loving because my prediction of Ricky Stewart being first That's sacked. That's right. You're, yeah, you did say that you had seen from the car some yeah, descent yeah, in so the Raiders' ranks. The Raiders have blown two games where they've had leads. Mm-hmm. So, so that Ricky, could put Ricky under pressure. Yeah, yeah, his seat's getting warmer. But back yeah. to the AFL. Um, yeah. Gold Coast Suns, yeah. I kind of am ever on the mindset that the AFL, in the back of their minds, are questioning whether moving to the Gold Coast was the right thing. Okay. Uh, maybe when they first did, yes, but you know, Gary Ablett's so gone. So do you just think that, or have you, heard, have you heard that? I haven't heard. It's my oh, opinion okay. that yeah. I, I don't think any professional sporting team um, on the Gold Coast long term is viable. They have yeah. poor crowds. Um, it's, it's just their population base <clears throat> is 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 not the right sort of base you want for a sports team. Very it, transient, yeah. uh, an older crowd. Um, it is an area that's littered with failed sports franchises. It's yeah. kind of like that um, that shop that that shop that you know in your town that no matter what business goes in there, it always goes bust. Mm. Like, and so 
you just know, oh, look, here it is, a video store. Oh, they'll, they'll yeah. close down for sure. And I think for the AFL, having one team in Queensland is enough, and yeah. that should be the Brisbane Lions. Okay. And I actually think that um, the Gold Coast um, should be relocated down to Tasmania. Oh, right. Okay. That's you know, a pretty big I think Tassie are more deserving an a- of an <laughs> AFL team than the Gold Coast. Sure. Um, Why don't Tasmania have any representatives in, in any of the national kind of sport? I, th- I think it's all to do with finances and corporate sponsorship. Yeah, it might be a little bit like Newcastle, right? Like the corporate sponsorship dollar here in Newcastle dries up pretty quickly once the Knights have taken their pick hmm. because there's not that many head offices here. There's a lot of satellite offices of companies. Yeah. So there's not a lot of marketing spend coming out of this yeah. town. So. But I mean, the ideal sponsor for the uh, Tasmanian team would be Cascade Brewery. Cascade Brewery. Well, they'd be pretty, like, well, you couldn't call the team the Tigers because it's already the Richmond Tigers. Hey, what would you call the Tasmanian team? Call them the Devils. The Devils. That was what the NBL team was called. Yeah, but the they're Hobart not around. Tassie Devils. They're not there, but we were just call these, call them the Tassie Devils. The Tassie Devils. Yeah. The Tasmanian Devils. Perfect name. Yeah, the Tassie Devils true. AFL. Let's let's get behind the Tassie Devils. The Tassie Devils. I can picture their dark green. So we've gone from the albino ruse to the Tassie Devils. The Tassie Devils in AFL, dark green jerseys yeah. with a yellow and a red V, yeah, the state okay. colours. So you've got the Gold Coast Suns finishing last. Yep. Who's going to win the Brownlow medal? Okay, so my infinite wisdom of AFL knowledge, I'm, I'm backing <laughs> deep, pretty hard. Our deep knowledge of, of, of the game. I'm actually backing Callan Ward from GWS to oh, really? win the Brownlow. Yeah, okay. I think it's Based actually, on what analysis? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a critical year for GWS. I, I think it's kind of, for these guys as well, similar to the Gold Coast, uh, for these guys, it's win or bust. Um, well, it's funny you say that, cause I, and I'll reveal this later, but I actually think they will win the grand final this year. Hmm. Mm. I think uh, just with all the concessions they've been given over the years, the roster they've got with all the young young kids, mm. there will come a point in time where if they don't win now, a lot of these kids are going to want to go back to Victoria, to South Australia, yep. to Western Australia, to play for their home clubs sure, or teams in their state. It's uh, always a risk, isn't it? Yeah, and that, that's been happening the Gold Coast a bit. Our, um, our correspondent for AFL that we spoke about earlier, Giles, he, he, he hates the concessions that the AFL has made for the Sydney Swans. He doesn't seem as kind of unforgiving about the concessions that have been made for GWS because he's bought some of their merchandise yeah. and pretends to be a fan. I can't understand where he's coming from. Sydney are an established team and have enough of a market um, as a, you know, basically they've got the, the eastern side of Sydney <coughs> um, all wrapped up and that's where all the big buildings are and most of the money is. Mm. Um, AFL funds a lot of the GWS. Um and they're, you know, Sydney's second team, but probably sure. by, by a long way. The the Swans are definitely mm. number one uh, in town. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so, so do you think... So, okay, so Callum Ward's going to win the Brownlow. Yep. Uh, I've got Patrick Dangerfield from the Geelong Cats winning the Brownlow. Okay. Now, that's probably the popular choice. I'm sure a lot of people would say, oh, well, well that's probably going to happen. But I, I, I think... Um, it probably it may be difficult I when I think about that it may be difficult for him to win that given the quality of the midfielders that, that, that he's got around him now like they just hang around Geelong Selwood don't they? And, and Ablett like yeah they well, they just reload really well they're like they? the Melbourne Storm they are like the Melbourne Storm they're, they're a quality sporting franchise who know how to win games and know how to rebuild a team every year and, and I mean, Geelong as a, as a town as a city it's not that great is it 
Well, I've never been there. It's I, close to the Great Ocean Road. Yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a coastal town, like probably not a beachy type town, but more like a kind of a like it's on the it's on the water. Yeah, but it's a bit of a working class town. So they love their footy, obviously. Yeah, but uh, but they certainly know how to produce a good AFL player. They got Ablett back. What sort of impact will Gary Ablett have? Oh, uh, I think he will add a lot of depth to Geelong. I think. Yeah. Um, I look. I think Gary Ablett's still. You know, one of the best players in the game. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, I think Geelong is probably a really good spot for Gary Ablett to be. Apparently, when he was with the Gold Coast, because of his strong or staunch religious beliefs, he created a really strong division in that side. Where if you weren't kind of team Gary and team religion, then then you were kind of team. Wild man, team like, Carmichael Hunt. Yeah, team Carmichael Hunt. Team Cocaine. <laughs> yeah, team Carmichael Hunt. That's a pretty good description, actually. So if he's, you poisoned, he's poisoned every sport he's played. Oh, he has. And you know, and he's he's one of those guys who you know he's never going to give up the party life because he's been busted about three times. I mean, the guys earn so much money. Why? Why is there a need to just go and sell it? Was he doing like? Was he so he was busted trying to sell it? Was he? Yeah, something like that. Oh yeah, but that's that's the stupidity of the man, right? Oh. right. So, and it, you know, he deserves to be punished for it, probably. But anyway, he's yeah, he'll wind up playing French rugby like they all do. Yeah, exactly. Someone will pay him heaps of money to play. So it'll be an interesting one. I think that that should be very interesting. What what about? Should we name like I've already named who I think is going to win the comp in GWS? Who do you think is going to win the comp? So I've got the Sydney Swans winning Sydney the Swans grand. winning the grand final. Yep. Wow. And I've got them beating um, the Melbourne Demons. Oh yeah! Wow. So the the Demons. Oh, are, I can see that why you would have the Demons up there. They're in my top four for sure. The Demons are sort of my um, smoky, or they're my next sort of um, team to come up. Basically, yeah. like the Bulldogs, like the Richmond Tigers. Yeah, they've been starved of success for quite a, a while, and they've been yeah. The storyline fits, doesn't it? They've like, been really shit, like tanking pretty hard over the last yeah, few yeah. years, and yeah, very similar to Philadelphia seventy sixes over in the NBA. Yep, and um, they've adopted a similar model. Um, they've just been really shit, and we'll get good players. Stockpile draft picks and players and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, Melbourne will be the surprise. Uh, they'll have a yeah. bit of a fairy tale run to the grand final. Okay. Who else have you got in your top eight tree? So we'll go number eight. I've got the Essendon Bombers. Yep. Um, now they will be flying high. Flying high. Pun ex- yeah. Okay, yeah. Pun intended from See, uh, the this is from, what... from the coaches. Uh, you know the coach got busted. Supposedly had a, a shed, shed full of pot. Yeah, yeah. Bomber Thompson. So they all did. got high, flying yeah, high. The Bombers. High, yeah, but you give the Bombers a bit of shit also about their drug history, and yeah, they were the same as the Sharks, mate. Well, you know, uh, yeah. the Bombers chose to fight it and they ultimately paid the price. Um, yeah, that doesn't e- mean accepted the bans offered and then, you know, yeah. it worked out for us. It did too, didn't it? So. Um, seven, I've got Port Adelaide. Okay. Uh, they're, yeah. they're sort of, you know, probably the year before last, they, they did well. They made a prelim. Yep. Um, once again, one of those teams that maybe underachieved last year. Mm-hmm. I've got Adelaide Crows. Um Coming sixth, they've lost a couple of quality young guys. Yep. I mean, they're, they're, they're a quality side. I think they may not um, be as consistent um, as they were, but definitely a finals team. I feel like no one wants to play for Adelaide Crows. I feel like last year they kind of had a lot of guys leave, and I just feel like they're a team that people go, oh, actually, I don't really want to play for you. 
Yeah. I don't know that that text winter or whatever is. Having said that, I think the Adelaide Oval is probably one of the best grounds in the AFL. Oh, yeah. those So those Adelaide games look amazing to go I, to. I'll tell life. you what, Newcastle Airport has just opened up flights to Adelaide, 179 bucks but each I think, way. Aren't they on those like flights where you, they pull back the rubber band and, nah, they go and, the, and the plane goes <laughs> I off? I think the plane's a bit bigger than that. Oh, right. But anyway, we, it'd be cool to go and watch a, uh, a game mm. in Adelaide on a Friday night and... Yeah, yeah, I'd have, be up to that. That'd be really a sports good. and spit weekend down there. At the Adelaide Oval is probably one of those ovals that's on my list of like sporting venues to visit. I've never been to a game at Suncorp Stadium either yet. Like, so yeah, I'd like to go there. I've been there for watching an NRL game there, but Adelaide Oval would be a pretty good place to watch. Yeah, I'd go so for sure. We'll try and make it happen this year. I'll get the rubber bands going, William. Tell me on it. Fifth, I got Geelong. They're always there. Uh, fourth, the Demons. Uh, I got Richmond coming in third. Yep. I, I just I'm thinking maybe that's a little bit high for them just on the ladder. Okay. Um, sort of they've gone from the hunter to the hunted. Yeah. Um, and with a lot of teams um, coming off a premiership, they tend not to fare as well. Yeah. Um, the following season, yeah. Cronulla and the NRL did it. Western Bulldogs and the AFL. Yeah, sure. Uh, but they certainly have the talent um, to do it, and and more importantly, they're, they're a young team. Yeah. yeah so you know they're not aging. Um, they're no. not a year, even though they're a year older. They're still young and. Got the hunger. Swannies um, coming Two. in second. And my minor premiums are GWS. And I think they'll get beaten by the Demons in a thriller in the prelim. So the Demons to to make the grand final. Beating GWS in the prelim. Right. So, sorry, who did you say was going to win? Sydney. Ah, so I play Sydney. Okay. Yeah, Sydney yeah, win right. the flag. Yeah, I can see um, And I'm tipping this is Buddy's last season. Last season? Yep. I think he'll He's got it. about five years left on his contract. You won't see at the distance. He'll, he'll retire after this year. Wow, that's probably the biggest call I've heard you make. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to You've happen. heard it here first. Buddy's last year. Buddy's last year is this year. What What do you base that analysis on? I just made it up. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you just think, you know what, Buddy's probably not going to play. I've got, I got to throw out some, <laughs> so, something. Yeah, that's a pretty good prediction. No, it's okay. Look, let's do it. So All Ricky right. Stewart, first coach sacked in NRL. This is Buddy's, Buddy's right. last year. Well, I'll quickly give you my top eight, and then we'll get into our mystery crystal ball on who we think the players to watch in, yep. in this year are. So, um, so I've actually got the Swans finishing eighth. I think they'll struggle very much. In the ruck this year, I think that'll be their biggest Achilles heel um, because of the lack of depth that they've got there. And they've the got a ton of money now that Kurt, Kurt Tippett's retired. Well, he came back. So he what? Well, Kurt Tippett came back because they lost the Swans lost their um, other reserve ruckman. So what? He retired, and then he unretired. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's so he's going to play. So <laughs> well, that's I, I kind of go well. The Swans that immediately takes you back to eighth because okay, he's so absolutely muppet. If so. he retired, for what grounds did he retire on? Well, I don't know. Like, well, he retired because he just decided he wanted to go and do something else. I got to say, if you're an AFL player yeah. and you retire to do something else, there's not many things you can do much yeah. better than being a highly paid AFL player. Well, I suspect that maybe he wasn't going to be an AFL player. I suspect they'd maybe kind of said to him that you'll probably struggle to get a game in reserves yeah, because he enough. wasn't going very well. So maybe it was a forced retirement, and then they probably rang you and went, "Oh, you know how we said that you wouldn't." Well, by wouldn't, we meant you would. So yeah. if you could come back, that'd be great. But I wonder who makes that phone call. Or I wonder if Kurt's just hanging around outside as the boys train. Maybe he's just looking in through the gates going, oh, I wish I was... So they let him back on his 800k yeah, or a million over. or whatever come he's on? Come on in, or... Kurt. He retired so. and then they said, okay, 
And he goes, do you want to come back? We'll only pay you half. Yeah. Or we'll be on his full Why salary. Why would he come back? Then if they said, no, I'll only pay you, he'd probably have to be on his full salary. Yeah, it's a weird one. I don't know. There you go. Oh, well. Yeah, that, I can picture Kurt, I don't know, probably somewhere over at Surrey Hills or somewhere, and just somewhere, yeah. wherever they train him, probably, you know. He's probably just sitting on the fence, just watching the boys kick the ball around. Probably lives with Mac and McVeigh or something. And, yeah. Yeah, he probably, hey, Kurt, you want to play? Oh, yeah, I'll play. I've got me boots in the car. Yeah. Kind of like you turning up every basketball stadium with your boots in the car in case there's a free game going. No, one time I did that, but didn't bring any shoes, and someone oh, gave me shoes. Yeah, right. Masters Games. Oh, right. Well, there you go. Yeah, it was fun. Anyway, sorry, so the Swans will finish eighth. Um, Port Adelaide will finish seventh. The Western Bulldogs will finish sixth. And the Adelaide Crows will round out the bottom four of the top eight. I think the Crows, like I said, no one really wants to play for them, but they've still got enough blokes to win them, you know, enough games to get them into the eight, well and truly. Uh, the Demons, I've got fourth. Yeah. I think the Tigers will finish third, so I think I had them about the same spot yeah, you did. Similar, yeah. And then uh, I think GWS will finish second, and I think the Geelong Cats will win the minor premiership, and and I think they will also make the grand final. Yep. But I think they will get beat on the day by GWS in a, in what will be a surprise kind of victory, and and it'll probably be because Gary Ablett was just he's just too religious, mate. He just lost his Bible on the way to the ground. Yeah, exactly. So, so. Probably left it on the Gold Coast at yeah. the strip club when he visited. So, yeah. Top drawer of the uh, bedside so, table. So I think that's what's going to happen. Mate. I think. Well, that's... I wouldn't be disappointed to see the Giants. A part of me kind of hopes that they. Uh, I think they'll they do win it. I hope so. Um, I think they're like they were good enough, but they just needed some finals experience last year. Like, yeah. Anyway. But I definitely think these guys are in a win now mode and. Yeah, this is their window, and if it doesn't happen, yeah, then they may start to lose some of their key players. I think you're good right. young key players back to the southern states. So the players to watch this year, maybe Crystal Ball, yeah. So basically, um, with our very limited knowledge of AFL players, let's rub the Crystal Ball. Yeah, I ducked into the servo on the way to grab a Magnum, <laughs> and then I bought a packet of Footy Stars 2018 AFL cards. Official AFL collector cards. That's right. The collector's choice. So not the casual fan's choice, apparently. Only for a collector right. would you get these. So these are our um, players to watch for 2019. Yep. And we've got here from the Giants, Rory Lobb. Rory Lobb. Yep. Yep. Well, we haven't picked him for the Brownlow, but we've picked him, his team to win the Premiership, yep. at least I have. Rory looks like DJ Paulie D. Yeah. From Geordie Shaw. We've also Jersey got um, Jonathan Patton. Jonathan Patton. He's yeah. probably one of the most underwhelming AFL players. Yeah, but he's also yeah, going to be right it? in the mix for the leading goal kicker of the season. He probably will too, won't he? Yep. Yeah. So he kicked 45 last year, but we're going to back him for 80 plus this year. Are we? Yep. Right, okay. Oh, I am. Okay, right, yeah. Go, Jonathan. Um, from the Collingwood Magpies. No one really cares about Collingwood unless you go for Collingwood. Not unless you're Eddie Maguire. Adam Trelaw. Never heard of him. Can't say I have either. Right. Okay. Short, for short back and sides. He probably yeah. loves the Melbourne clubs. He does. He's um, a ringer, actually. Whoever right. knows this bloke, he's probably one of the, 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 the coolest <clears throat> dudes in the AFL. He'll be up there in the leading goal kickers as well. Oh, fast Eddie. Eddie Betts. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I like Eddie's story being shafted by Carlton, and he just comes Adelaide and he becomes twice Dominant. as good. Yeah, absolutely. Good, good, good player to watch, Eddie. He is. He's an exciting player to watch. I like it. 
Um, we've got here from the Gold Coast Suns, which are soon to be the Tassie Devils. Yeah. Michael Barlow. Uh, he's a big bodied on baller. Yeah, for those collectors out there, is this a Starburst card? Yeah, it looks like it. Turn yeah, it over. It's a fancy one, Starburst. It's just it's a caricature. Oh, so it's a yellow one. What, what? So you know that's there's only seventy two cards of those. Oh yeah. And that means you get one every four packs. What are the chances? Well, one in four percent. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll have to do the maths for you. Oh, this guy, he's uh, the MVP now that Dane Swan's not in the league. This bloke wins the most tattoos. Oh yeah. Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Demons. Yeah. He doesn't look like he'd be as loose as Swanee though. No, uh, definitely doesn't doesn't look as he's got a got some decent artwork on him though. He does too. Yep, so... There you go, so the tattoos... He'll be featuring on Grand Final Day. The player's player for tattooists. Yep. Yep. Um, young bloke here from the Hawthorne Hawks, Ryan Burton. Ryan Burton. Now, I'm tipping that he will exceed his total goals from 2017. How many goals did he kick in 2017? Four. Four, right, okay. Let's back him in for at least six. Yep, let's do it. And on top of Jonathan Patton's Hawthorne, that's the bold predictions. Team that can expect to spend the next couple of years languishing Definitely. in the bottom half of the ladder. Yeah, Poo-coloured jersey. Uh, we've got Eric Hipwood. Got a bit of a hip Eric. name. He's got a hip haircut. But he plays for the Brisbane Lions, so there's oh, nothing hip about that. No, no, but I reckon there's a pretty good chance we he might be spotted at Bluesfest next yes. week up in Byron. Byron Bay, for sure. Born in 1997, holy moly. Hip, 1997. I was in year 12 in 1997. Walking around bumping into things. Looks and like Eric's mum was bumping into his dad. The and number one player to watch from 2018 is from St Kilda. Jack Stephen. Jack Stephen. And I've got to say, he has the best moustache. Oh, he does. Since too. Gary Ablett Sr. And it looks like a little bit of a mullet, is it? He is does. A it's a, a, yep. He's... Jack. Well played. Yeah. We're going to follow you throughout the season, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. You're We're going to track his fashion. Yeah, definitely. He looks like he's got a bit of game, that Mo. Geez, he debuted in 2009, eight or nine years ago. Been around for a while. He has. He's played 154 games. Last year he kicked six goals. Jack, you might want to pick up your production, mate. I don't. I, you might not get another game. Yeah. It might, anyway, maybe you're not our favourite. I mean, you've just got. You know, you always get one shit card in every pack. Yeah. Game. Could be Jack. Shit card. Good mo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, that's our AFL. Yeah. Preview. That's We'd it. Uh, obviously love to hear what you've got in store for us on our Facebook page. So yeah, we'll, hit uh, us up on social media. Tell us what you think about our predictions or, or yeah, anything we'll, in we'll, general. We'll put those uh, predictions to words on our post, and uh, if you can comment and share your thoughts on that, that would be fantastic. Um, but we probably, kicks off tomorrow night with Richmond Carlton. Yeah, Richmond Carlton tomorrow night. So get on it. The AFL season will be underway, and we'll have plenty to talk about yeah. in the next couple of so weeks. So I know I'll be watching um, the Melbourne Storm and the Cowboys in the AFL in the NRL Grand Final replay. Yep. And I might flick to the uh, AFL in the ads. In the ads. Yeah. So. Before we end episode eight, yep. there's two things that I think we forgot to talk about. The first one was the NBL Grand Final, which is going on at the moment. Yeah, what's it, what's a, what's the So it's one score? all. One all, nice. Yeah, Melbourne United versus the Adelaide 36ers. So over the weekend, Melbourne took game one in reasonably convincing fashion. I think they won by about 20. In a, well, it was a decent game, but it was a bit of a blowout in the end in Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, two days later, they reversed it around and played each other in Adelaide. Um, so uh, Adelaide kind of, I think, 
turned it around and, and ended up getting a victory there in what was reasonably convincing fashion as well, I think. But um, they, one of the things was, is I think the 36ers, they shot something like 40 foul shots or something on Sunday, yeah. right? So I think I think there's a bit of home crowd parochialism coming in. They were getting a few home crowd calls. Yep. Um, but probably the biggest news is is that um, is that the 36ers star import, Josh Childress, who used to play in the NBA, yep. obviously, um, he broke his shoulder in game two. Oh. And he's now out for the for the rest of the final series. Um, so you, you'd have to say that Melbourne now obviously take the upper hand, even though it's one all. Uh, I think you would be a bit of a fool to back the Adelaide 36ers in from here, yeah. um, given the role that Josh Childress plays. But that's exciting. Game three is on Friday night again in Melbourne, uh, and game four is on on Sunday again back in Adelaide. So Another favourite player to watch. We're just watching some AFL lists for yeah. Carlton tomorrow night. A mullet. A mullet. Yeah, A mullet. A mullet is one to watch. He's one to watch, yes. We're big fans of A mullet. Uh, so yeah, so the so the NBL Grand Final made it's a it, they were two really good games, um, two high quality games, and you know I think we we'll probably see another two quality high quality games before somebody takes it out. So um, one all at the moment, heading into the last couple. Nice. And uh, just before we sign off, um, our next Spitfiles yes coming up will be with a current Australian sporting representative athlete. Yep in the Commonwealth Games participating in a couple of weeks and we will reveal all when that comes on the airwaves yeah absolutely so keep your eye out for the next Spitfires um, and look we deliberately didn't mention the Australian cricket team this week because we just have had enough of them I, I don't care so I don't yeah. care about where are that. they oh, who knows they're over yeah. somewhere else not here I don't care anyway but yeah we're looking forward to interviewing that uh, that athlete um, we uh, really I think they have a, a great story to tell um, and we really want to kind of get that out there to you guys. So hopefully you'll enjoy it as well. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and until then, um, enjoy this week's footy, the AFL, NRL, NBL Grand Finals, NCAA Basketball, NBA, playoffs are coming. What a time to be alive. Yeah, absolutely. We're pumped. Enjoy it, guys. Thanks Signing for listening. Out. Adios, amigos. <laughs>